sure that happens, but then um, at the end it's twice, it's not once. Yeah. So so I threw grabbing a water for me? Oh. Never mind. changed anything so it's about is the batteries not working not hard to tell but they're not probably super different this morning yeah something's not working here i don't know my ankle's right here and it's like it's like Definitely. the same spot oh i would have said mine were like way taller here though i don't need to like this out well no because it's naturally taller and It's in here. It's in the batteries. Jesus. 
You're, 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 you're. <laughs> Okay, so how do you want to sing it for communion? Okay, we're dead tired if you think so. Do you want to keep it simple and just do that one and not add the other one in, or do you want to go to that other one? Well, we can go to the other one. We just need to make sure the words go to the so that the people, because the other, on they had the Friday night screen. it didn't. Yeah, I heard. So put the. As long as the, the pre-chorus goes on the one, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, to me, you can merge the two songs and make them one. You don't yeah. even have to, like. That's exactly right. That's all you do. You just put the, Throw you the merge the words together. Yeah. Yeah. The stars, they don't move you. So. Better house.
really felt really stirred that your faith needs to be really active this morning. Like really active and really present. This is not like a, a baby meal. Like, here, let me feed you, and you don't have a choice what you're being fed. You're taking hold of the word this morning. You're grabbing hold of it. You need to be strengthened for the week ahead. How many of you guys need to be strengthened for the week ahead? Yeah. How many of you guys need to be encouraged for the week ahead? How many of you guys need to activate your faith for the week ahead? Yeah, we all do. And so the word of God brings that to us. But it's part, it's you participating with the word and grabbing a hold of it, saying, I don't want baby food. I want the steak today. I'm going to take hold of the meat of the word. And so I'm just saying that there are some things that activate our faith. And I felt like it was very important that you needed to remember that you serve the God that split the sea. Yeah. <laughs> he actually split the sea. That's not just a story. It's a reality. He caused a very old man named Abraham to have a baby. That's a miracle. That's something God did. Jacob, uh, he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He, that's the God you serve, a God of the living. The living. You need to activate your heart this morning. Start stirring it up for what God has already done. And then you're going to take hold of it because he's going to do it in you. He's the God that healed the blind. Come on. He's the God that healed the, the leper. Come on, activate your faith. He did it. I just felt like it was so important that you know to know who God is before you step into hearing the word. Reminding yourself, maybe taking hold of a story that you remember in the word and saying, oh, this is my God. He did this. This morning is very important and it's very significant, God, and we take great opportunity and great delight in your word. We thank you that you're going to bring fresh revelation through your Holy Spirit to us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, to cause us to have endurance, to cause us to have faith, to cause us to stand when everything comes at us. We thank you for your word that is powerful and effective this morning, like never before, that it would so in, we would so engage with your word. Allow our faith to be so alive that the seed goes in and produces a harvest. I just declare a, hun a hundredfold harvest today off of the word. And we ask for an anointing on Pastor Ruth. Stretch your hands towards her. She needs your strength today to bring the word. The enemy has been fighting a strong battle and he's defeated. And so we just declare that Pastor Ruth is strong in the Lord. That no weapon fashioned against her can prosper. That she can bring the word forth with boldness and strength, God. That all the days of her life that she will see the goodness of the Lord. I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for the word this morning. Thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is part two. And uh, I started last week um, this message called, This is How I Fight My Battles. 
And um, I, it began with the picture that the Lord gave me. It was of a ring, uh, a wrestling ring. And in it, there was the enemy. And he was big like a sumo wrestler. And in the other corner was the Lord. And it, it was very, he was very small. And um, the Lord said to me, my, this is how my people see me when they're facing their difficulties. They see the enemy as large and they see me as very small and not so much with their minds, but with their hearts. And so from that, the Lord gave me strategies to use when we're in battle. So I want to remind you this morning of the reality of who God really is. He rules supreme. Do you really understand that? He rules supreme. He is the king of, of, of this kingdom and his reign is eternal before and past now and past. It's forever and ever. He rules. He is not small and he's not insignificant. He is the mighty God who upholds all things by the word of his power. And from this picture, the Lord gave me battle strategies. So anyone facing any battles? Anybody have any enemies? (laughs) Any difficulties? I had difficulties this morning. I'm here because of the Lord and that he is faithful. And so you, you have an enemy who longs to steal from you and he wants to destroy you. He doesn't care how he does it. He just wants you done and gone. But God has given you and you need to understand that he is giving you the ability to fight and win every conflict you face. And this morning I'm going to finish giving you what I started last week with the strategies and I want you to remember that this is all because of the death and resurrection of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ he he fully completely uncompromisingly destroyed the works of the devil he actually stripped him of his power And we have to remember that as we go to battle, we do not fight to gain victory. We fight from a place of victory that was already attained for us. And I also remind you what the word says, that you don't fight people. It says in Ephesians 6, 12 and 13, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against rulers, against powers, against world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. So the Lord showed me these tools that I'm going to share with you, and I call them battle strategies, and they're powerful. But you can't, they don't just happen. You have to decide, I'm going to use them. You have to make a choice. And so I gave you the first one last week. And the first strategy was submit. And and that is yielding to the ability of another. And I use James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. James tells us. That, the, that first we need to position ourselves in a place of reliance. Our hearts need to say, whatever you want, 
however you want to do it, I wait upon you. And the results, we become immovable. So we, we move on to strategy number two, and it's probably my favorite, and it's the word. It's the word. And do you understand just how powerful God's word is in your mouth? It, it is the most important strategy. We must use the word of God when we fight. The written word is full of hundreds of promises, literally hundreds And when the the enemy whispers in your ear, we need to use the word of God as your weapon. Even this week, I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a picture. And when I saw the picture, immediately, my heart was filled with fear. And I heard the voice of the enemy intimidating me. And I had to stop. And I had to take authority over that voice that was trying to come in and bring intimidation into my life. And I used the word of God against him. And I said, I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. He's my Lord and he's, I've been praying over this situation and God is in control, not the devil. And so I used that. If we really understood, really understood the reality of God's word and its power. We would fill ourselves with it. Our hearts would begin to reverberate in our spirits and and it would cause hope to arise. Ephesians 6 tells us that it's actually a sword in your hand. That word of God is actually a sword in your hand. Excuse me. Ready to do damage to the enemy. When our mouths agree with the truth of God's word, the enemy is defeated. Not only that, the word of God, as we take it in, it increases our faith. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's amazing that Jesus is known as the living word. Do you remember John 1.1? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He, Jesus Christ, is the living word. How amazing that the living word gave us an example by using the written word to do his battles. The devil came to Jesus. He was in the wilderness. He had not eaten for 40 days. And I want you to look at this passage in Matthew chapter 4 starting in verse 3. It says, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God command these stones to become bread. But he, Jesus, he answered and he said this, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And three times the enemy came to him. And three times he said, it is written. Maybe, maybe that needs to be our phrase we use in prayer. Uh, That It is written to defeat the enemy just like he did. Maybe it would sound like this. Uh, For instance, it is written, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How about this one? It is written, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a brand new man. The old things are passed away and new things have come. It is written, with God, nothing is impossible. 
Do you really believe that? No one, no thing, no name is outside the realm of him being able to work on your behalf. How about this one? It is written, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. It is written, I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Do you believe that? It is written, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I love this one. It is written, by his stripes I am healed. So when the enemy comes against you, you need to be armed and dangerous. So you need to read the word, know the word, memorize the word. Its power in your mouth will astonish you. As you face problems that seem overwhelming to you, choose a promise of God's word and use it to defeat the enemy. As you declare the truth of God's word, it will begin to shift what's happening around you. I want to give you an example. I've told this before, but it's probably one of my most powerful testimonies. Um, My daughter was in a very dark place. Honestly, if you understood all the things I knew, you would have thought it was hopeless. And I I, I was overwhelmed at first, and I thought, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What? God. And I felt just this panic almost inside of me. And all of a sudden, a verse from Romans 8.28 came to my heart. That verse that, and we know that all things work together for good to those that are, who love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. So I begin saying, hey, I'm loved of God. And I I thank you that you're going to work this for good. And I begin to declare that over the situation. I'm telling you, I did not let up. You see, there was no hope lest he do something. And so I called on him and I, I quoted that and I declared that and I declared that. I started in August. I began declaring it. And by November, I had an incredible victory that you cannot, Mike and I still don't understand how God did all that he did, but it is the most amazing thing. And she was taken out of the dark and into the light. And she is a wonderful mother and parent with five children. And God is good and faithful because he hears our prayer and he answers. But sometimes we have to fight. Sometimes we have to take hold of the word of God and go to battle and believe that God will faithfully answer what we say every time you take the word of God at face value and use it to do battle you will be more than victorious so I believe that that we do battle with both the written word of God which is the logos and we have the rhema which is the spoken word, how God speaks something to you. And God speaks us and directs us just like he did the people in the Bible. And sometimes we need to ask him, how do you want me to fight this battle? Um, I challenge you to ask the Lord what he wants to do in the situation you're facing. What is on your heart? You don't go to him and say, this is what you need to do. You say, God, what do you want to do? What is, what is the purpose of what you're, you're desiring in this situation? 
His ways are so different from ours. And so there's this one who is the almighty God who sees things from the beginning to the end. And he's able to step in with such accuracy to our situations. And sometimes in the midst of our journey, God will give us a prophetic word like they were given this morning. And um, those are to prepare us for battle sometimes. And so when trouble comes, we stand on what he said. In fact, Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.18, he says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. So sometimes you have to take the, the rhema word of God, the 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 thing he's spoken to you, and you hold on to that when things don't look like that lines up at all. Um, As you're going to prepare to prayer, then you remind God, well, this is what you said, God, so I'm looking for this to happen. So what is God saying? What rhema word do you need to rehearse before the enemy? You see, those prophetic words he has spoken over us remind us of his purpose and plan. I want to give you an example of it. Um, John Mancusi, (laughs) you made the message, and no, you're not getting $50. (laughs) um, I remember when he was in the hospital, and it did not look good. In fact, It looked really bad. And the Lord reminded me of some prophetic words that had been spoken over John. And I felt compelled. I'm seriously compelled to do battle on his behalf. He's in the hospital. His ability to do battle was pretty small. And his wife was not much better. And so I, I saw him. I understood the situation. And What was the expected outcome was death. And so I'm like, God, I have heard you say this over John. I know you have plans and purposes for him. So I went to battle with those prophetic words I'd heard spoken on his behalf. And he's sitting back there today. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that God did what he did in his life. And he continues to work in his life. And I continue to believe for full restoration to John, to his lungs in Jesus' name. We saw victory, incredible, unbelievable victory. Another reason to ask the Lord what to do is because he doesn't work the same way every time. Have you noticed that? He works in very unusual ways. And there is this wondrous strategy that he will use to confound the enemy in the battle. And he'll confound the wise too. (laughs) He's waiting for you to ask. I give you an example of that for um, God told Jehoshaphat to go to battle with praise The king put the singers out front as they went into battle. Um, Fascinating strategy, isn't it? Put the singers out front. And it brought outstanding victory. He told Joshua, he said, walk silently around Jericho for six days. And then on the seventh day, go around seven times. And at the last one, I want you to shout with everything you are, you have in you at the enemy. 
And that strategy worked amazingly well. A 12-foot thick wall fell down. Only God. Only God. He told Gideon to go to battle with 300 soldiers instead of the 3,000. And they were, their weapons, they carried a trumpet in one hand and a pitcher in the other hand. And when they encountered the enemy, they were to blow the trumpet and break the pitcher. And these soldiers must have wondered at what their leaders were thinking of this strategy. And they had absolute victory. When David asked of the Lord, the Lord said to him, I want you to wait until you hear the rustling in the top of the mulberry trees. And then I want you to go into battle and victory will be assured. And so he waited for the rustling. He told Daniel not to eat the king's food to defeat the enemy. He told Moses, you just have to have your hands up in the air. That's how you're going to have victory. And so he had his hands up in the air and they're winning and his hands got tired and he put them down and they started losing. And he put his hands up, but they kept getting tired. So someone held his hands up. Amazing strategy. Do you understand his direction for your battle? You see, his directions are key to what you need to do in the middle of a battle. I challenge you to take the word. Take the written word. Take the rhema word and use it in your battle. The third strategy is testimony. Do you understand how powerful a testimony is? I heard this morning a testimony that encouraged my heart. John went to prison. He didn't go to jail. He went to to do ministry. (laughs) Anyway, and... He had an incredible salvation this week. Isn't that good? Isn't God? He's so good. Susie came on Friday night, and she did not look good. And look at her today. God is so faithful. He is so faithful. Testimonies say, do it again. Do it again. It stirs up our faith. The stories of God moving in battles for different individuals, they show us the very heart of God for his people. And the many different ways that he works. It's interesting in Psalm 77, verse 11 and 12, it says this. And they're making a declaration. I will remember the works of the Lord. Are you doing that? Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. And I want to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7 because there's an interesting passage there on the same thought. And he said, if you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can I dispose them? And today we would say it like this. If I should think in my heart, the problems and difficulties that I face, they're too great for me. Where is their hope? Look at verse 18, though. It says, you shall not be afraid of them, but you shall remember well what the Lord your God did to the Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw, the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. That is a testimony. Um, I, I give you one that I think is really powerful. It's David, 17-year-old David going to battle against the giant. 
And in verse 34, David says to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion and bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and I struck it. And I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the beard and struck it and killed it. He's given a testimony of what God has done for him. He's repeating again to encourage him to remind himself if God would do that with a lion and a bear, what might he do now? And then he says, your servant has killed both lion and bear and the uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing as he has defied the armies of the living God. He says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he shall Deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. And so we cannot forget like the Israelites did all the things that God did for them. Um, You have to rehearse them. All the victories that he's performed on your behalf, on the church's behalf, even in our nation. There are so amazing. There are so many amazing testimonies of how God has worked with Mike and I. In our lives during attacks of the enemy. I want to tell you one about protection. I saw God protect Mike and I from a terrible accident. There There actually was no other answer as to why we did not crash except for that God moved the vehicles apart. There's no other answer. And he was working even when I didn't see it, even when I didn't know I needed it. He was working. And I give testimony that he's your protection. He's your good shepherd that takes care of you and watches over you and goes before you. I think um, another testimony of mine that is probably really special to me is uh, that I had a necklace that my husband gave me that was valuable. And I had gone shopping and I had lost it. And I had gone in a dressing room and I shook out all my clothes, everything. And and there was no necklace. And I went the path I had gone to in the store and I did not find it. My husband searched at home and I cried out to the Lord and I said, God, I, I just thank you that there's so many people who have lost things and then you've brought them back to them. So I ask you to bring back my necklace to me. The next day, I went to get dressed, and as I put my foot in my pants, the necklace fell on the floor. That is a testimony of the goodness and the the graciousness of God. And testimony upon testimony make you believe God will do the same for you. So we need to make sure we're sharing testimonies, sharing all the things that God has done that we can remind each other. Even I want you, don't get sick of this. But I want you to remember about provision, how we needed a roof. And God so graciously gave us a brand new roof on this building and so much more, so much more. And I just give him praise and honor and glory for that. So strategy number four is worship. And um, I want to tell you something. Worship is not about singing. Worship is not a song. Worship is this attitude that, of awe that comes from our heart. Worship is about giving worth to the one who is worthy of all worship. 
It, it comes out of a place of gratitude for how much God has done for you and how much he's done for me and how great he is. It comes from remembering how he has worked in our lives. You see, it's easy to worship him because you don't understand all the things he's done in my life. You don't understand all the ways that he's met me and continues to meet me. All the amazing things he does on my behalf. It causes my heart to just rise in worship. I don't care whether you think what I do is cool or dumb. I still will raise my hands. I'll still get on the floor. I'll still worship because he is worth my worship. The Bible says in Psalms 22, 3, that he actually lives or dwells in our praises. He inhabits our praise. You want more of his presence? Lift up your voice towards him. Praise him. Worship him. Tell him of all the great things he is and all the ways he's met you. Do you realize what happens when we worship from our hearts? And declare who he is. How comes a miracle. A breakthrough. A power released in our midst. I truly believe that. And a heart full of worship and gratitude. Is how we allow God to fight our battles for us. Jehoshaphat is a great example of that truth. He went to the Lord. And the Lord told him to bring out the singers. So it says they went out with all the warriors and all the singers, and they went towards the enemy. And the singers are in the front, and they're worshiping. And it says in Second Chronicles twenty twenty two, it's amazing. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah. And they were defeated for the people of Ammon and Moab stood against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And then in the end, they turned on each other and these Jehoshaphat and all of his men, they never raised a hand in the battle. It was all done. There is something inherent in the act of worship that enables us to encounter the power of God like nothing else. The worship is our declaration of our weakness and his strength. It's releasing our battle plans and allowing the one who is able to fight for us. Oh, when you worship the one you cannot see with your eyes, he works doing powerful things for you. And the last one is authority. And... Sometimes people see authority as a a bad word almost. But I want you to know something. Authority is not brute force. It's not being louder and bolder than anyone else. It's not trying to... It's not you... It's not you trying to um, tell the enemy what, what is what. It's not about that. It's actually something called delegated power. He, he, it's because of who you are in Christ. You carry his authority. It's much like a policeman who goes out and goes like this, and you stop your car, right? You, a policeman stands out there, you stop your car. It's not because he is a brute 
and he has great force. It's not about his power. It's about the law behind him. And with us, as we go to battle, we have to understand that our authority is in Jesus Christ. And it's who's behind us. It's him who's going to do the battle. What did David say? Uh, The Lord is going to do this to you today. Because he understood that he was walking in the authority of God and going to battle on, on, on God's behalf. So, um, you're not trying to stop the forces of darkness. You know, like the sickness, fear, evil, that stuff. On your own strength. You stop them by delegating authority over, the, using the delegated authority that God has given you. I love Ephesians 6.10. It's interesting. I really never highlighted a word in this passage before. It says, be strong in the Lord in the power of what? His. Not in your might. His might. And so often our battles, we forget to use the authority that Jesus gave us. We forget that in him, in him, in him is all that we have and all that we need. It's in him. It is because of the cross of Jesus and what he did for you. And in Ephesians 2, it says this, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, so thankful, because of his great love with which he loved us, Even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. And then he raised us up together and made us sit in the place of authority in the heavenlies. Oh, that means you're seated there with him. It's a power position. Right next to him, it's a power position. And that means everything that's his, including his authority, now belongs to you. So he both qualifies you and he authorizes you. I love it. He does it all. Authority isn't yours until you take it and pick it up and use it. You have to know who you are. You have to understand what you carry. See, authority does not rest in your strength, your personal holiness. It doesn't rest in your power or your abilities That authority is in you because you're in relationship with Jesus. So we do not understand if you, when you do not understand who you are and what you carry through Jesus Christ, we become victims instead of victors. But as soon as we take on and understand this is who I am and this is what he's done and this is illegal. So I stand before you and I say, you can't enemy, you can't do this because the word of God says this. That's where your authority and your power is. It's time for you, the church, the body of Christ to be effective and fervent in your battles. It's time for victory that has been paid for to be accomplished. You, you have to understand that it requires you doing something. Don't just take it and just get run over by him. Stand. 
Stand and use the, the, the strategies he's given you. Use everything he's given you that you can defeat the enemy because he wants you to be victorious. His heart is for you and not against you. Use the battle strategies he has given you and win. You have to remember the greatness of your God. Defeat the enemy at every turn through him who gave you the ability and the power to do battle. Amen. Amen. Won't you stand with me? Jesus. The Lord kept bringing this to my mind over and over. So I created a battle strategy sign for you that you could remember and go to battle. And it has the scripture verses that go with each of the strategies. And I believe it's just to remind you who you are and to take up the sword and go to battle. Don't let the enemy defeat you. Church, you are victorious in him. Church, you are more than a conqueror in him who loved you and gave his life for you. And that seems from everything I see and understand, the, the conflict, the battles are on an increase. Even today, Geraldine's not here because of uh, sciatic in her leg. And so we declare together as a family the healing of Geraldine's leg by the power of the Almighty God that paid for it at Calvary. And we speak to that leg and we say, function in the name of Jesus. You need each other. Battle, battle together, battle strong, win. We are victorious, church. Walk like it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Great is your name. I'm a victor. What are you? A couple of you are victors. What are you? A few more. I think we should all do it now. Say it together. I'm a victor. Amen. Hallelujah. Put your hand in your heart this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.